Thank you, Alex. Uh, if you'd like a Bible to follow along, Ben's got them, so pop your hand up and he'll pass one to you. But otherwise, why don't we pray and ask that God will help us to understand his word? Because who better to ask uh, for understanding than the person who uh, said these words himself? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and thank you that you speak to us through it. Please give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what you have to say to us today. Amen. All right, so we're at the end of the book of Titus, and what we have here is kind of a culmination of the book. Uh, So far over this three-week series, we've looked at what biblical leadership looks like uh, in both leaders as well as in all of God's people, and we have looked at how we live as God's people in our families and being a living example. And now we're up to chapter 3 and the last part in our mini-series. Throughout this letter, Paul has been encouraging Titus to let God's people in Crete know that they must live by example. They have changed lives, and they have a new lifestyle because of what Jesus has done for them. Now, when you finish high school, you're done. Hats go thrown up in the air. It's a life-changing time. Now, if you were to finish year 12, and then go back the next year and try to join classes you'd probably be asked to leave very quickly. And if you kept trying to go back, uh, you'd probably be arrested, uh, notwithstanding those who decide to go into school teaching after finishing high school. Similarly, the news of a baby will change your life. The things you buy change. The amount of sleep you get changes. The way that you talk to your partner changes. The food that you eat changes. It is something that requires great change. Now, before those in Crete knew Christ, before even Paul himself knew Christ, before we today knew Christ, we were foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another, as it says in verse 3. It's pretty wild, isn't it? It's harsh, but you only need to turn on your TV and watch the news to see that this is what the world is like. In my old job, I used to clean plants, and we serviced many clubs and pubs, and many of these places had gambling floors. Now, we would get into these places early in the morning, before most of the clientele came along, to get as much work done as we could. And day after day, and week after week, I would see the same people at the same poker machines, from the moment the gaming floor opened to the moment that we left. In one of the clubs that we worked, the gaming floor closed at 6am, so it was open all night, and it reopened at 9am. And we'd get there and we'd see people leave the gaming floor, they'd go to the coffee shop, they'd have their coffee, they'd have a sleep, and then they'd go right back to it. It was really sad to see, and it was actually really confronting for me. But when I picture what Paul is describing here as the old way of life, this is what I picture. These gaming floors are made to bring people in, to create a dependency and an addiction, and then never let them go. It's a destructive day in and day out, which really cannot be escaped from by oneself. And really, that is the situation that the world is in, stuck in a loop of foolishness. It doesn't matter that on those gambling floors there are signs hidden around various corners which have the gambling helplines when the entire place is designed to keep people playing. As Paul says, we were once like this, but have a look at verse 4. 
But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Saviour appeared, he saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The news of Jesus is life-changing. It is news that will change your life. And it isn't something that's reliant on us either. It is the work of the Spirit who regenerates us and renews us. Now, just before, Alex was talking about New Year's resolutions. Uh, and last year, I wanted to read more books. But I don't know about you, when I set goals, I'm not always the best at doing them. Last year, I wanted to finish a series of books by Brandon Sanderson. It's about four books long, I think. And I only got one and a half books through it. Not great, I know, and all that it was required for me to finish them was to just sit down and read them. But as much as I wanted to, I just didn't. I would get distracted, I'd go back to watching whatever show on Netflix we were watching at the time, and just didn't read the books. The change of the news, the change of the news, that the news of Jesus brings isn't reliant on us, and I am so thankful for that. It is the spirit working in each person which brings about that change. If only part of that change was to help me finish uh, that book series. I'm just kidding. What Jesus does is so much greater than that. In verse 7, we are justified by grace so that we become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. An heir inherits the father's wealth. Now, back when the Bible was written, it was the firstborn who was given the father's wealth. They were the heir of the family. Because of what Jesus has done for the world and the work of the Holy Spirit in those who follow Jesus, it means that those who are transformed for Christ become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow. It's a new kind of lifestyle. And it sounds pretty good. Being transformed and renewed by the Spirit and becoming an heir of God's inheritance. That's pretty awesome. I'll be honest, I don't think many people notice the change that the Spirit makes in themselves in the day in and day out. But over the course of time, those changes become apparent. It's like a small child catching up with one of their relatives after a long time apart. They walk in and the relative's like, oh wow, haven't you gotten big? If you follow Jesus, you'll be able to look back over your life and see how the Spirit is changing you. So it is worth asking the question, How have you seen the Spirit at work in your life or in the life of the church? Or how would you like the Spirit to transform and renew you? It gives us an opportunity to say thank you to God for how much he works in us and to have confidence that God is in fact working in his people. It also, if you don't follow Jesus, it gives you an opportunity to ask for God to be working in you and drawing drawing you close to him. Why don't we have a think about that question? We've got some drinks up the back. Um, How would you like the Spirit to be working in you? Or how have you seen the Spirit working in you? We'll take a few moments, grab a drink, sit down, refresh yourself, uh, and then we'll continue on shortly. But be thinking about that. How have you seen the Spirit working in your life? Or how would you like the Spirit to be working in you? And maybe share that with those at your table and encourage each other with that. So go and grab a drink and I'll call us back momentarily. They're just up the back. Over the last few weeks, it has just been young people who have been going up to get drinks, so don't be, uh, don't be nervous.
Alright, why don't we make our way back to our seats. We'll make our way back to our seats. I hope you're feeling slightly refreshed and encouraged by those conversations. Uh, one way that I've been encouraged by seeing God work uh, is in the life of our church. Um, we've seen God bring many new people to hear his word uh, throughout the course of last year, uh, which has been so encouraging um, as we've all had tough times in 2020, 2021 and 2022. And so it's been so encouraging for me to see how God's been working and building his kingdom uh, even during such a tough couple of years. All right. Now, I think it was last week, B and I were scrolling through Disney Plus uh, and we stumbled across the 30th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, it's a show starring a few different famous people. You might recognise a few. There's singer-songwriter Her, there's uh, vocal extraordinaire Josh Groban, there's Martin Short and a couple of others. Uh, and they recreated the original animation as a stage show, and it melded the two together. So a little bit of animation, a little bit of live action. Now, two of the characters in this show are Gaston and the Beast. Oh, there they are. Now, Gaston is a macho man, uh, and we see as we watch the show that he's a villain. But to those in the story, he's a brave and a dashing hero who is able to get the job done. And then there's the Beast, who seems, he's very menacing and he seems to be bad to the bone. But as he gets to know Belle, who's the uh, main heroine in the story, he's changed as he falls in love with her, as all Disney movies go. At the end of the film, Gaston and the Beast are facing off and the Beast has an opportunity to finish Gaston off and push him off the roof. He almost does, but he doesn't. Gaston then tries to kill the beast, but ends up slipping and falling off the roof anyway. Gaston maintained his way of life, being a villainous fellow throughout the show, but the beast changed, and his changes can be seen culminating at the end of the movie when he doesn't kill Gaston and he stays his hand, uh, as well as other more physical ways a little bit later on, as is the Disney way. True change should make a difference. And that is what we have seen throughout this letter to Titus in Crete. Titus is to lead by example and train and build up others to lead by example. Because the life-changing news of Jesus uh, should make a difference. And it does. We have seen throughout this letter how following Jesus will change our lives and how we should act as people changed by the Spirit. Christian people point others to Christ. And so should be people of good character. In chapter 1, this is talking about people in leadership. However, it's also true for all of God's people. We should strive to be those of good character, not taking advantage of others and being truthful. Those who follow Jesus should aim to live as an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus and to humbly learn from others so that we can continue to do this and grow closer to Jesus. And in chapter 3, we see a few more things which Paul outlines for Titus that those who follow Christ should do. At the start of chapter 3, we see Paul saying, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarrelling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. All of these things that Paul outlines 
points towards having a humble attitude. Again, we are being impressed upon that character is key. Be submissive, obedient, ready for every good work, to be careful and caring about how you speak and how you act. These are ways that a Christian person should live, having a humble, Christ-like attitude and being people of good character. The part about being submissive to rulers and authorities is interesting and can be a little bit challenging to us today, as in Australia we do seem to have an inherent problem with authority. In the context of this passage as a whole, I think a better way to think about it is the contrast between, say, Scrooge McDuck working with his accountant to find any and all tax loopholes to avoid paying his taxes, and a business person who is generous with what what they have to help those in need. Once again, it comes down to character, and we are to do these things so we are ready for every good work. Paul also has a warning, once again, about false teachers and those who cause division in the church. Christians must show mercy, but cannot be doormats, as this can be detrimental to the health of God's people. Notice that Paul tells Titus to warn those who cause dissension once, and then twice, but then to have nothing to do with them, because their actions are in God's hands. Now that's actually a really good application for us, as we need to surround ourselves with those who are of good character, who follow Jesus, so that we can spur each other on, and encourage each other in our faith, and not be led astray. Paul signs his letter off by saying, amongst messages to other people, to let our people learn to devote themselves to good works, so as to help cases of urgent need and to not be unfruitful. Once again, good works comes up and is as an example of the new life those who follow Jesus live. So be brave and pray that the Spirit will continue to transform you to be like Jesus and that you'll have the courage to do the good works that God has prepared for you. So this week, what can you do to help those around you? It could be as simple as buying a few cans from IGA to drop off to the Lions uh, people who are out there occasionally. It could be making a meal for a friend who's having a hard time, or even just to take a load off. Jesus changes lives, and if you follow Jesus... This change can be seen uh, as an example to those around you as you grow in character and are ready to do good. Why don't we pray that we can do this? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the book of Titus and what we can learn from it. Please help us to be people who long to be transformed by your spirit. Give us courage to do the good works you prepare for us and put on our hearts to want to be more like Jesus every day. Amen.